the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm your host, Rob Warner, and I'm joined right now by staff reporters Jack Harris and Max Madden, as well as site publisher Chris Cartman. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Rob. Uh, feeling great, Rob. It's good to be back. Good I smell, I smell football in the air, Rob. You smell football in the air, so there was football also on the field today. Pigskin, you know? Like, Pigskin. Yeah, fresh leather. Fresh leather. We did smell a little bit of that today. There was an ASU practice today. Fall camp is pretty much over, and the ASU football team right now is transitioning into its in-season practice schedule with the scout team starting today. So it's the first day we saw the scout team of the fall. This is a pretty good idea of who ASU will play against UTSA. Who are some of the returning scholarship players on the scout teams? Max, why don't you start with offense? Uh, all right, so returning scholarship players on the scout team, we saw uh, Corey Stevens, offensive lineman, uh, take some reps in, in gold. He was operating at times as a second-team center uh, when Cole Cabral was, uh, was not with the first team, but now it looks like Cade Cody might you know, take over that, that position. We also saw uh, tight end Mark Walton in gold today. It looks like he's kind of the odd man out when it comes to, the, to that tight end rotation. Uh, it was primarily Tommy Hudson and C.J. Frenchlove that played last season, and then Ralph Frias, another offensive lineman, uh, that we saw in gold, freshman uh, still you know looks a little bit raw and it doesn't look like he's going to get a huge chance to play this season, obviously. And then Brock Sturges uh, running back, it seems like he might be the fourth option at the moment. Has been playing a lot, but uh, in terms of offensive, uh, offensive guys in gold, that's what we saw today. Jack, what about the defense? Uh, defense, uh, the notable guy in gold was Shannon Foreman, the sophomore uh, defensive end. Uh, he was in gold, but. He was also going through all the positional drills. He was on the field during a team period. Uh, so I kind of have to monitor that situation to see what's up with him. Uh, DJ Davidson, the redshirt freshman nose tackle, was also seen putting on a gold uniform uh, as the media was exiting practice. He was in white before then. Uh, three other first-year players that were in gold today, Michael Matus on the defensive line, Reggie Hughes, the linebacker, and Cam Phillips, the safety, all were with the scout team. And Chris Edwards said on Saturday that up to 12 newcomers will be playing in the games. What does that tell us about who they will be? Well, today we're getting an even clearer sense of that just based upon the, the you know, who's on scout team and who's not on scout team. Of course, we know Casey Tucker and Roy Hemsley, both grad transfers, they're, they're not on the scout team. Tucker will start, I'm sure. Hemsley looks like he's one of the top reserves as a guard, maybe the number two guy. Uh, as a guard. And then um, there's junior college transfers, of course, who are expected to play. Brandon Ayuk's a receiver who's battling for the first team spot at the X receiver. You have Isaiah Floyd, who looks to be probably second in line for reps at the running back position. Uh, you have probably four freshmen at a minimum who are going to play on, on defense and three linebackers. Uh, Merlin Robertson could start. Stanley Lambert looks like at worst a second team player right now. Darian Butler's taking and some first-team reps of late ahead of Nick Ralston, which is an interesting development. Uh, and then Ashari Crosswell is with the second team uh, at, at one of the Ranger safety positions. Another player, defensive end Jermaine Lole, sort of seems like he's on the fence right now for reps at, at an end spot. So that's basically five defensive players. And then high school players on offense uh, would be A.J. Carter as a running back who has a chance to play right away. And Jordan Porter was not... Uh, on the scout team, so he seems to be somebody who's who's sort of on the fence as well. So that that total sort of gets you to around about a dozen guys. The freshman linebackers look like they will need to be counted on more as J.J. Wilson has been suspended indefinitely for an undisclosed team rules violation. Jack, what does that mean for the outside linebacker position? Well, it's going to be a shakeup because uh, J.J. Wilson was taking most of the first team reps at that spot before the suspension. 
Uh, so today we saw Malik Lawal on that first team spot at the outside. Uh, on the second team, Tyler Johnson, the redshirt freshman, was also taking second team reps. He also think this might open a chance for Stanley Lambert to kind of move up in the rotation of outside linebackers as well. Um, we see a couple guys also return to practice today. Uh, flipping to the offense at the wide receiver spot, Ryan Jenkins was limited, while Frank Darby and Terrell Chapman uh, returned to 11-on-11 play, which is a big development because they had been out the last couple weeks. That it, it had allowed Brandon Ayuk, the junior college transfer, to kind of take most of the reps at the Z position. Those guys are back. It'll be interesting to see how they all kind of play out and, and, and what is that open third wide receiver spot. Uh, another guy who was back at practice today, Darius Slade. Uh, he had that walking boot on last week, but he was running with the, uh, the second team at defensive end today. Um, so you're starting to see some guys get healthy here as the season uh, approaches. But, yeah, that outside linebacker spot, like you mentioned, uh, it, it's open now uh, depending on how long J.J. Wilson's out, which we don't know yet. And offensive lineman Steven Miller was out today wearing street clothes along with J.J. Wilson. What are What's the status of some of the guys that have been out? Uh, you know, I, I think right now um, I, I think Ryan Jenkins is one of the guys that you look at as, as how close is he to returning earlier this camp. He said that he wasn't that far away from returning. He's a guy that you, you figure will probably – factor into the wide receiver rotation somewhere. Uh, other guys who are out today, Karan Crump remains sidelined uh, as he works back from that ACL injury. Uh, he thought that he would be able to start practicing as soon as last week. That hasn't happened yet. Evan Fields uh, was also supposed to kind of see more involvement in practice today. That's what uh, defensive coordinator Danny Gonzalez said last week. We didn't see that today. He was on the sideline as well. So uh, those are two guys that obviously in Crump and Fields, um, you know, when they get healthy, they are guys that could definitely be options for starters and reps uh, with that, that first-team defense. So uh, the sooner they get back, the better it's going to be for ASU. So Evan Fields was supposed to be returning today, or that's what we were told was that he was probably going to be returning today. He, he was not out there. But with senior Tillman, Tyler Wiley being out for the year now with this broken right ankle uh, and that position, the Tillman position seemingly more up in the air, how have reps been divided, Chris? Well, it's been primarily Daz Tartalatasi getting the one reps because you have two guys that are, you know, that that would be in the in your two deep probably that have been out. Fields is just has a hamstring and they're being cautious about working him back into the lineup. Um, and then I think there's a freshman that they have who's working there, but probably ends up being a redshirt player once once they get Fields back. And then Max, uh, where has the depth chart been most fluid as observed by practice uh, rotation so far? Uh, well, I think it's going to start being, you know, we talked about the wide receiver position a little bit. It's been mostly Brandon Ayuk at the Z receiver position. I would assume that uh, it starts to become more fluid there as, as Darby and other guys get reps. Uh, the the left guard has been primarily Alex Lasoya with the first team, though we've seen Zach Robertson kind of rotate from left guard to right guard. Um, he's even taken just a few reps at the tackle position. So those are pretty fluid uh, position-wise. And as Jack mentioned, you would assume the outside linebacker position, they still look for that. And depending on this Evan Fields injury, like we said, he told us last week that he would be back soon, and Danny Gonzalez said Tuesday. But, you know, he, he wasn't participating today. And so I think once he is fully healthy and cleared by the coaches, he could definitely make a strong impact um, and possibly even start uh, over somebody like Tauta Latasi. It just depends on, you know, how he performs when he comes back and if he can keep his, uh, his hamstring healthy. Another hamstring is Jalen Harvey, who they've moved to Tillman. So that's another option at that position. Uh, and then uh, you asked earlier about Steve Miller's situation. He hasn't practiced since uh, last Wednesday that we've seen. Uh, he was in street clothes today. And what they've done as a result of that is they've had um, Zach Robertson work with the first team at right guard, Quinn Bailey at right tackle. And Roy Hemsley has been primarily with the second team. 
So at quarterback, offensive coordinator Rob Likens has said that there was some competition for the backup QB spot between Dylan Sterling Cole and walk-on Kurt Walding. Uh, what did you guys observe from those two today in taking reps? I, you know, I think when you look at a guy like Kurt Walding, um, you know, we wrote about him earlier this week on the site. Uh, he's a walk-on guy from Iowa Western Community College, a, a pretty good JUCO, um, but he's never been a full-time starter in his career. Uh, he wasn't in high school when he was splitting reps. Uh, he wasn't last year at Iowa Western when he was splitting reps with Kyle Oxley, who is now at UTEP. Um, he's a big arm guy. We've seen him make a couple deep throws. There was one that he connected with Brandon Ayuk on last week that kind of stands out. But we've also seen him throw some interceptions. Now, to his defense, offensive coordinator Rob Likens said that he's only seen Walding make one bad throw in practice all camp. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> if that's exactly accurate. He's had a few interceptions. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think the, the, the question here is, is is Walding really competing for the number two job, or is this just kind of the coaching staff's way of trying to fire up and, and push along the progress of Dylan Sterling Cole, who for all of the talent and tools he has, has still looked very inconsistent in practice? I think that's you key on exactly what I was going to say there, which is initially I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is a motivational tactic. Dylan Sterling Cole knows that he's not going to be the starter this year. You want to try to keep him engaged, focused, uh, uh, learning you know, more of the, the, the scheme and all that stuff. But then on Saturday, they had Walding in an 11-on-11 segment getting the, getting the reps, the second-team reps ahead of Sterling Cole, and they split it pretty evenly. So to my eye, I'm thinking, well, the longer that this plays out, the more the more realistic that it is and and you know i think it's also pretty straightforward to say that that sterling cole hasn't exactly uh been a standout early on in in, in preseason camp this, the last few weeks i guess and asu is going to have a closed practice on friday evening in sun devil stadium that herm edwards said will be kind of a game walkthrough what do you expect that to be like chris well really what the disadvantage of this season versus the past is the limited access to Sun Devil Stadium. Uh, of course, during games, you have your half your staff is in the booth. That's where you have uh, usually two coaches at least on either side of the football and GAs. Um, you know what? What are people seeing from up from that vantage up there? You have somebody in special teams up there, and with the stadium access not being there because of them putting the grass in during the, during the reconstruction just a couple of weeks ago, they've been trying to do some of those things with the communication, the headsets, the visuals from the sidelines at the Kajikawa facility. And that's just in no way is that going to be uh, good. So I actually think this is one of the things that we need to look for in the first game of the season, especially when you have a new staff that's never communicated all together, how that how that's actually going to work on the comms and with uh, seamlessly getting the right players onto the field for special teams and uh, and even you know other personnel uh, changing changes within um, you know within um, a series. And as, as ASU prepares for that September first season opener against UTSA, they're transitioning their practices, like we mentioned, for more of fall camp into the in season practice schedule. What does that look like a little bit? Well, I think the, the biggest thing, like you saw today, is just having the scout team guys out there. And it kind of, uh, as Herm Edwards says, they're narrowing the depth chart and they're narrowing the roster and they're, and they're starting to ration out snaps a little bit more than what we saw earlier in camp. Um, you know, today, for, for the portion we saw, the actual flow of the practice wasn't much different. There was a special teams period, uh, an individual team period, and a team period that we saw. Um, but I, I think, you know, Behind closed doors, you're going to start getting the scout team 
modeling after some of the upcoming opponents, and, and, and you'll start to see the team kind of game plan, even in the way their schedule is this week. It, it models what a game week schedule would be, where you practice Tuesday through Thursday, and you have a walkthrough on Friday, um, and then they'll have this scrimmage-like thing on, on Saturday night. Um, so you're starting to see that transition out of the camp mentality and into the time-to-prepare-for-games mindset. And something we were talking about a little bit earlier, Jack, you mentioned the the scout team actually sort of having a role now. It allows guys in the with the first team and in the two deep and on the scout team to sort of fulfill their roles. Obviously, you know, there's uh, not much time left until that first game, so it's really important now that everyone is, you know, finding their defined roles and fitting in with, you know, rotating between the first and the second team and the scout team. They have time to prepare against the, the opponents that they'll mock. Uh, so the biggest change right now, I think, as Jack mentioned, is game preparation. Whereas before, maybe it was finding guys for the depth chart, learning the scheme. Now it's on a week-to-week basis, how we're going to get better, who's going to play, and uh, how exactly are we going to attack different opponents. That's ASU's mindset. I think when you have a new staff, they want to make sure that they're giving everybody an opportunity. And that's, of course, through spring ball, which is when it's easy to do that. But then even really the first two to three weeks of August, they're they're just making sure that they leave no stone unturned, that maybe somebody that's a veteran guy that wasn't playing in the previous regime, uh, maybe they are a better fit, maybe they're overlooked, maybe the scheme change helps them in some way. You want to sort of make sure. Uh, and then And then once you do that, now that they're basically a week and a half, roughly, until that first game, like like Jack said, they're just going to narrow everything down, the guys that they know are going to play. And this is where Herm Edwards has a lot of comfort anyways because he's used to that NFL roster where you're typically only playing 40-some guys on a week-to-week basis, including special teams. And he even sort of commented about that um, – and after Saturday's practice. Yeah, what did he say about that, Chris, about the differences in the practice shifts from the NFL compared to college football? Well, this is one of the bigger adjustments for him because he never had scout teams that he was working with as a head coach. Uh, he, his last uh, um, experience in college football was as a position coach three decades ago. So, it, you know, it's very different. Uh, what he said is, in the NFL, you never have any tackle practices in your camp because you're going to then have all these preseason games that you're going to play for a month before the season actually starts, and that's where you get a lot of your tackling. Um, and but it, you know, of course, ASU and other Division One teams they don't have any of that, so they have to tackle from within to, for skill development. But you got to try to strike the right balance of trying to not get guys hurt, trying to keep guys fresh. And all that stuff. So, so they've they you know they've had to figure out um, from a lot of the other coaches' experiences. I'm sure Danny Gonzalez and Rob Likens had their perspectives on it. They weighed in. They they came to a group conversation about it. Uh, but I think I think now you're getting to a place where um, they have the advantage of all these look teams. You know the scout teams. Uh, but then on top of that, they have um, you know just the ability to hone in on exactly what they're going to be doing. And so the first day this week, first day, first week of in-season practice schedule for ASU, what are some of the biggest changes you all have seen from the first day of fall camp to this point? Well, I think you're just starting to see uh, some of the freshmen really look a lot more comfortable. Um, Darian Butler's taking most of the first team reps at middle linebacker, for example, and he was a guy that I don't think anybody was really expecting to break into the two deep, let alone look like a possible week one starter at the middle linebacker position. Um, so it's stuff like that, like Merlin Robinson, Robertson, oh, did it again, uh, looks, <laughs> <laughs> looks a lot better at the outside linebacker spot. Um, 
and, and, and in the secondary, Shari Crosswell is a guy, uh, talking to Tony White last week, he was raving about the things that Crosswell does and the playmaking ability he has. Um, I, I think that's the biggest thing is you heard about it all spring, the coaching staff saying they're going to have all these new guys coming in that's really going to help, um, and they have for the most part. The, the thing that stands out to me most is sort of the rotation at the tailwind position. I think earlier in fall camp, you had, you know, in Tyler Wiley, Daz Tatulatasi, and Evan Fields, you had sort of a, a possible breakout kind of guy uh, to contend for the starting job in Tyler Wiley, and then you had a veteran uh, in, in Daz that was able to play last season, and then you have Evan Fields, who is a, a young, you know, intriguing prospect. Well, now you don't have Wiley, obviously, and you have Tatulatasi, who looked uneven at times last season and now you have Evan Fields who's nursing sort of an ambiguous hamstring injury and that is obviously a really key uh, position in Danny Gonzalez's scheme is the linebacker safety position you have to be able to cover and close down and stop the run and so now I think the ASU has a lot of questions to answer at a really important position. Yeah you guys both hit on good points that I agree with and also I would say just the the fluency that players have within the scheme and getting getting lined up properly and there's a lot less uh, in rep coaching of uh, of coaches saying you got to be over here and this and that because you know once you do that you know hundreds of times throughout camp it, that gets better and especially when you have new coordinators on both sides of the football and then you throw in a bunch of freshmen that you're probably going to play a lot or other new players uh, I still think that this is one of the biggest questions that we're going to have to see in this opener is are they going to have procedural penalties are guys going to have coverage busts because they're not aligned properly and then they they're not all on the same page from a communication standpoint uh, are tight ends and receivers going to be able to get lined up properly quickly to be able to play uh, at, an, at a faster tempo when they decide that they want to do that and then are they going to run the right route depths and, and, and all that stuff you know is, is the blocking going to be on the same page are they going to have false starts are their guys going to be offsides you know all those things are what I'm looking forward to seeing in that first game so as ASU transitions getting ready for that Season opening game against UTSA right here at Sun Devil Stadium. 11 days until the opener. We're going to have a premium podcast for you guys on Thursday afternoon. But right now, alongside Sun Devil Source staff reporters Jack Harris and Max Madden, as well as site publisher Chris Cartman, I'm your host, Rob Warner, saying so long, and we'll see you soon.